quick questions about Congress with Kilmer. Hi, this is Representative Derek Kilmer from Washington State's 6th District. Welcome you back to my podcast called Quick Questions About Congress with Kilmer. Today I'm sitting down with my colleague and good friend Ami Berra from California's 7th Congressional District. Thanks for being with me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. How come it took you so long to, to get to me, Derek? Honestly, um, I was uh, initially going through reverse alphabetical order, and uh, B just was really late in the game. So. Well, you wanted to wait until you had such a big following and, and, and podcast listener. I wanted you to. Uh, you're, you're bringing the hits. You're bringing the, So tell, tell everyone who's listening, what is California's 7th Congressional District? You know, California's 7th Congressional District is the Sacramento suburbs. So it's all contained in Sacramento County. Um, we don't have the city of Sacramento, but we wrap around. You know, it is one of the more beautiful districts in, in, in I think, in the entire country, actually. Um, There's yeah. no one who's um, been on this podcast who's said that before. Well, we've got <laughs> rivers. We've got lakes, you know, um, outdoors activity. Great people living in the, the 7th Congressional District. And you, is the largest employer in your district the state government? You know, it, it probably is. A lot of employees within the healthcare industry as well. That's a major employer in, in Sacramento County. And then a presence of big companies like Intel, um, International Paper, and, and others. When I, um, when I come on vacation to your district, like, what's my go-to? What, what do people come to... California's 7th District to go see. To visit the Barrow household. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a suburban district, so, you know, a lot of folks will go out to Folsom Lake. You know, it's a great recreational spot. You know, we've got the American River and American River Parkway. It's a beautiful river, so people do a lot of outdoors activities there. You know, um, the salmon run through there, so you can certainly go salmon fishing. And then it's just a, a good place with good people. You know, in, in the eastern part of the district, we've got um, farm country and, and, and farms and so forth, a lot of cattle farms. So um, when I'm back home, probably the most common question I get is, oh, dear God, why on earth would you want to serve in Congress? So um, what, what brought you here? Um, so the question I get is, you're a doctor. Why the hell would you want to do this? <laughs> um, you know, we're going to work on a little thing called healthcare for a while. And, you know, as a physician, I understand that, you know, I can help the one person in front of me when they come in to see a patient. But the decisions that are made back here are going to affect millions. And, you know, we ought to get that policy right. And, you know, this is a town full of very well-intentioned, smart 25 to 35-year-olds writing policy, trying to do their best. But they've never actually sat in the exam room across from that patient. What's your take on how Congress has navigated those issues so far? Um, D minus? Yeah. Maybe an F. Yeah. So. Where, where would you like to see that discussion go? You know, I'd like to take the politics out of it. We've just seen the Republicans go 0 for 3 on repeal and replace. Let's um, move on now and let's start identifying things that we uh, agree upon. You know, we all know that there are areas of the Affordable Care Act that we need to fix and make better. And that's just a small part of the entire healthcare delivery system, right? That's just the individual marketplace. Yeah, the Affordable Care Act's done a great job covering 20 million people, but the next step really is getting the next 25 to 30 million people into the system so we could get to universal coverage. Once that happens and everyone's covered, we could actually do the real work of lowering the cost of care, moving away from um, you know, taking care of the heart attack after it's happened to actually preventing the heart attack diagnosing the cancer early, getting treatment, moving towards prevention. That's where the, the real cost drivers are, are, are going to come down. 
So what kind of, um, you were a physician before you came here. I'm still we, a physician, Doc. Uh, okay, yeah. Once a doctor, always a doctor, as long as you maintain your licensure, right? That's correct, and it is up to date. Um, so uh, were you actually, like, in the exam room, or you, didn't you have some involvement with the university as well? Yeah, so I, you know, I'm trained in general internal medicine, and, you know, after I finished residency, my wife had this crazy notion of going to medical school herself. So we moved up to Sacramento, and she went to UC Davis. I started out practicing um, in Sacramento, and then you know, quickly was recruited to be medical director of care management for the the five Dignity Mercy hospitals at that time. But the the Dignity hospitals, I've always had an interest in you know the improving the efficiency of care delivery. Then was um, chief medical officer for Sacramento County, so got interested in the public health side of it and how you um, manage populations of care, and then was the dean of admissions at UC Davis's medical school, so I was training the next generation of doctors, and then had this crazy notion of running for Congress. What what triggered that for you? You know, uh, again, um, the healthcare side of things, but truly, as I, as I reflect on it, I always thought I could best serve behind the, the, the podium advising our elected officials, and um, most of the time they let me down, right? It, you know, far too often you see elected uh, officials and leaders doing the easy stuff, but when it takes political courage to take a hard vote or lean into something that you know you're go going to uh, get pushback on, those are the necessary things. And you know, I'd say what disappoints me about this town is the lack of political courage. You, you mentioned that with regard to health care and giving Congress a, a D minus or F grade. What, what are some of the things you would change um, if, I, if I gave you a magic wand? What would you change about Congress? Um, I would change a couple things. It, the, the one thing that I think is, is broken in Congress is the fact that too much of decision making is concentrated at the leadership level. You know, I've got criticism both for Democratic leaders as well as Republican leaders. Um, I think they're far too concerned with winning the next election as opposed to helping serve the, the American people. You'll hear people talk about regular order, but um, none of the leadership's ever returning to regular order. So I think it's going to have to come from the rank and file members. And what regular order means is, you know, there was a time in Congress where you had strong committee chairmen and ranking members. and you know, when we do our committee work, that's where you become expert on subjects. You have staff that are experts on subjects, and you really get to know the members that you're working with. And if we could go back to a time where, you know, we introduced legislation in the committees, we marked up that legislation, and if it came out of committee um, after going through, you know, the hearing process and so forth, I think it ought to come to the floor directly for an up or down vote. But that, that isn't the way it is right now. The leadership decides what we vote on. Yeah, I, I came out of a mostly functional state legislature, and I've been stunned the number of things we vote on that neither got a hearing um, nor, a, nor made it out of the committee process, but were just pulled directly to the floor. Yeah, it, which, again, is not the way that I believe the process um, should work. So I was surprised by that. Are there um, things that you were surprised by when you got here or things that you think your constituents would be surprised by? Well, the thing that I was most surprised by is, you know, early on in our first term of, of Congress, um, one of our colleagues, Henry Quaylar, has a, a get-together in a jalapeno um, pepper-eating cont contest. And, you know, there are a lot of folks competing, but, uh, Derek, do you know who won that contest? I, I'm afraid I do. I'm that, afraid I do. That'd be Mr. Derek Kilmer. That was a great, so. a great day for me. The next day, not such a great day for me, but that day was a good day. 
Yeah. It was, and an, an very impressive, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I really tried to bring my A game to this job. So, um, uh, if, uh, I'm curious, you know, as you engage with your constituents, is there anything you wish they knew about Congress that they don't? Yeah, I'm. They're really good people here. I mean, yeah. they're you know on both sides of the aisle. You know, Derek, you and I are, are close friends, but um, you know the the best part about this is the people that you get to know that come from different parts of the country. And you know, I, I get it. When I go back to Sacramento County, unemployment's below five percent. We're feeling pretty good about you know what our economy looks like. The issues we're dealing with are, are you know rent's gone up way too much. Um, you know, we're starting to see a homeless challenge because of, of that. And um, those are not, I don't want to say they're good problems to have, but they're, you know, in some ways, first world problems to, to have. Um, if, if I remember Congress going back to rural West Virginia or rural Alabama, I might be hearing something different. And, you know, we've got to find a way where we learn to listen to one another and understand that the solutions for Sacramento County, California, California are different than um, rural West Virginia, and how do we create space for, you know, um, some flexibility here? But What's been your avenue for having that kind of dialogue? I know you're involved with like the Problem Solvers Caucus, for example. Yeah, I'm involved in the Problem Solvers Caucus, which is, is is a caucus that has both Democrats and Republicans. But it's really getting to know the Republican members, um, n not judging them, trying to listen and understand what they see when they're when they're back home. Um, and recognizing that they're doing the same thing that, that I'm doing. I work for my constituents, and I'm trying to do the best job representing the folks from Sacramento County. Have you found any particularly good avenues for getting to know uh, our colleagues? You know, go grab a beer with them. Go grab dinner with them. Um, sit next to them on the floor. Um, ask them about their family. Um, you know, and, and again, you spend a little bit more time with the members, um, you know, who are on your committees because you're sure. – you're, you're looking to those folks first to, to do legislation. Um, I also have a rule, you know, it's not always um, honored, but if we're writing a piece of legislation, is there a Republican that we can, can work on? And, and, and that, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist or a physician to, to know that we're, as a Democrat, I'm in the minority. So anything that I want to actually turn into law is going to require some Republican votes. So yeah. why not start by, you know, approaching Republicans? Um, you've been here the same amount of time I have, about four and a half years. Um, what, any any uh, particularly great days or great moments you've had in this job? You know, um, the great the great days. You know, it it was an honor. Um, you know, being a first generation American, born and raised here, but in one generation, um, being sworn in on, uh, on the floor of the house, and you know seeing my parents and and knowing that in America that can that can happen in one generation and you just yeah for two terms I was the only Indian American member of Congress so you can guess that there there was a, a lot within the Indian American community in, in terms of the the pride and I recognize I've got an obligation to yeah I benefited from the best America has to offer and how do we make sure every American um, has that same opportunity um, so you know that the you know that source of, of community pride and you know certainly makes you feel good, um, and then you know every once in a while we'll, we will go out and grab dinner and uh, and the friendships that that I've been making here and um, you know that that means a lot as well. 
Um, you mentioned sort of functionally how you would change this place in terms of regular order and you know, actually trying to depoliticize some of these issues. I'm just curious, is there an issue or two that you think, man, Congress is really missing the boat on not taking action on this issue or that? Well, we're missing the boat spending so much time trying to take health care away from 20 million Americans. Why don't we actually reverse that and say there's still 25 to 30 million Americans who don't have access to health care? And let's turn that coin over and figure out how to get them access. And that's going to take Republican ideas and Democratic ideas. Um, I paid $393 a quarter to go to medical school. So I could go to four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, you know, get some help from my folks, um, work part-time, get a few scholarships, and get some loans. Four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, I graduated with less than $10,000 of debt. That's remarkable. That is, yeah. um, how do we get back to making that investment in the next generation? There's a urgency of getting back to this formula that made, made and made America great. We don't have to make it great again. I think this is a great country. Um, we always end by trying to get a sense of what your commute is like. Uh, so when we gavel down on a Friday at noon or 1 o'clock, what, what happens to Ami Berra? Well, it depends. There's two nonstops. There's a southwest nonstop at 1.30. And if I can get on that plane, that means I'm, I get home a little bit sooner. I can have dinner with my wife. and you know, um, Is it yeah, direct to Sacramento? It's direct to Sacramento. Right. Might mean I'm caught in the middle seat or something, but yeah. it is southwest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that's the toughest part of the job. You know, uh, you know, for those of us who live on the West Coast, I tr try to get home most weekends. Um, it's a long commute. Yeah. So. What? Uh, so, do you have a routine on the flight? Do you work or catch a movie or uh, work a little bit? Um, yeah, download. Right now, I'm I'm trying to get through Mad Men, so which I never saw. But um, yeah, pick out a series that you want to watch. Maybe watch one or two episodes. Take a little nap. Get up. Do a little work. Do a little reading, and um, hopefully, you're you're almost home. So um, uh, I always like to get a sense. Um, and I don't know if you know this about me. My very first job, Ami, was uh, working in a video store. Uh, in my hometown of Port Angeles, West Side Video. Um, so I always uh, like to end by uh, having you tell listeners what your favorite movie is or if there's a handful of movies that are kind of your go-to. I'd, I'd love to hear it. And I think I know one of them. Uh, what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say your favorite Christmas movie for sure is Love Actually. <laughs> Love, Ac Love Actually is up there. Um, Pretty Woman's one of my top ten. Um, You're such a romantic. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, Almost Famous is one that, that I really That's like. Um, Pulp Fiction is one of my one of my favorites. So thinking about the movie, and then you know, there's the classics. Um, Godfather um, Part One and Godfather Part Two are movies that I've watched um, multiple times. A lot of life lessons in there. No one has mentioned Godfather Part Three on this podcast. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it might never get mentioned. <laughs> Good point. Well, um, listen, we told you we'd keep this to 15 minutes, and I think I'm going to beat it by seven seconds. So um, thank you uh, both for your leadership here in our nation's capital and uh, for your friendship and for uh, taking a few minutes to tell us about you and your district. Great. Thanks, Derek. Thanks.